Across the Park podcast is proud to be sponsored by Globe Gas and Heating. For the best kitchen and bathroom renovations, boiler servicing and repair, and central and underfloor heating in the Northwest, head over to globecentralheating.com and quote Across the Park for a free quote. Hello everybody, welcome back to Across the Park podcast episode 20 of the 23-24 season. We are not in the Podcafe studio, reason being renovations, hopefully next week, latest the week after, back in a brand new studio, which we guarantee is going to look really, really, really cool. So hello to the Podcafe, we hope you're keeping busy over there, doing our studio up. Um, myself, Ian Mills and, and Gary Judge, as always, thank you to our amazing sponsor, main sponsor, Globe Gas and Heating, it is freezing. If anyone's got any problems with the boiler, they're heating, even if you've Sounds got... Like you've got a problem with your boiler mills? Mate, I am bunged up, and it's freezing where I am, right on the banks of the Royal Blue mm. Mersey, but our amazing sponsors, Globe Gas and Heating, get over, that, get over to them for any bathroom, kitchen needs, boiler needs, we're going to be doing a new advert with those guys as well, big Evertonian, which always helps, and he's always made up when you guys get in touch and say it's from the podcast, because he's a big blue as well, so a big hello to Globe Gas and Heating as well. Judge, you want to want to get into more than... Um, more than on the pitch, which is just summarising our season at the minute. Everything seems to be off it. Um, we'll get into it later, but, but I, I think that it's fair to say that the the majority of this show is going to be on the um, the letter from the chair of culture, media, and sports committee who, who've written to the Premier League. They're, they're not happy, uh, and they're asking for transparency in in how the Everton punishments happened. They want minutes released. We'll get into that, but I want to talk quickly on the pitch. Um, the FA Cup defeat Luton Town on Saturday. Um, really poor game. Four four two just didn't suit. I think the manager said himself after it. He usually goes three at the back when the midfielders are short, and he's tried to go four four two. I don't think we want to see that again. But what did you make of it, Judge? For me, it was just a really poor, flat day at Goodison. I mean, to be fair, just just on the touching on the I guess the approach to the game first, the four four two. I don't think you've got. I mean, me being one of them, there wasn't a lot of, you know, um, pushback or kind of people being disappointed we gone 4-4-2. Quite the opposite. I think it was like, is right, great, he's going for it. We're getting the two forwards on the pitch. So I think in defence of the manager, because there had been some criticism, obviously, that, you know, it was terrible, it was a poor performance. And and rightfully so, you know, we, we you can't expect fans to be happy when the performance is, is so below par like it was at the weekend. But I think, first of all, you know, I, it was refreshing to see the two forwards put out there, but like it, like, and it was you reminded me the last time we'd, we'd, we'd gone with the front two, as in uh, Calvert Lewin and Better was was against Luton at home last time when we were we were behind against them, and it, it looked on that occasion like they'd never even seen each other, let alone never played together, and yeah. it didn't look much better at the weekend. So disjointed, just a lack of you know. Um, Co- any cohesion whatsoever. They, they, they weren't sure who was going to go for the headers. Who was who was kind of looking for the flick-ons. What you know, there was no link-up play whatsoever. You know, we had a few people joking, saying, "You know what we're expecting, York and Cole." But come on, these are full-time footballers. Yeah. You know, they're playing together. We can, you know, day in day out in training. I know on occasion you might have you know training games and ones on one team, ones on the other team. But you'd like to think, given Sean's I just comments that 
you know, he's he's you know he's avoided the four four two before, but either known certainly for a good five days leading up to this game that we were going to go with the front two. Mm. It, it didn't to me look like there'd be any kind of game plan. And if there was, you know, Luton were clearly well too too well drilled to to be to be fooled by it. But it, it was extremely disjointed. You know, you, you you put it really well. I think the minute that better was up there on his own, we looked a lot better. Um, yeah. You know, we looked a lot more comfortable in that, but generally, really, you know, really disappointing uh, performance. Obviously, always disappointing to go out the cup, particularly in our situation when it's been so long, you know, without the trophy. But all in all, very, very little positives you can take from it, except for, you know, I've been saying for a while that Jack Harrison needs to score a decent goal to kind of, kind of hopefully propel him. Maybe that helps a little bit. Um, but that that's the only one of only, uh, you know, minor few positives I can take from the game. Yeah, and, and the goal came, Beto came a little bit deep, didn't he? He, he was actually sick of waiting up there. The, the ball wasn't getting up to them too quick enough. All first half, it was like it was crying out for us just to, to hit them. And even when we did hit them, it wasn't at any sort of pace. It was like Virginia's distribution was poor all game, I thought, and, and his balls were not good enough. We weren't getting it out wide. There was no runners. First half was, was as poor as I've seen us. I, I think the Wolves game a few weeks back and then this first half against Luton. I don't know. It, we're obviously missing... I played at Corey, but I feel there should be more about us, especially playing two up top. But yeah, the, the, the Harrison goal was 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 a good move. Uh, quite fortunate that that Krull didn't get his you know full power on the save, and it pickled him. But it was the best move of the match, really, and, and it led to a goal. But we've, we've got a got some socials which I'll get to, so I don't want to talk too much about the match because the socials will take us there. What I do want to say is, is I'm not ripping anybody here. I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody, but Goodison just fell flat, and I don't know if the fans. Another mm. kick in the balls, and it's just too much. But it just felt flat. Even people I'm speaking to, like there's people saying, like, "What's the point mm. when someone in, someone in an office can take points off you? What's the point anymore? This is mm. football." And then I know VAR, VAR would have been in play, and, and it was in play for the goal. But then that it, it just feel, did you feel like Goodison was a bit flat? Like everyone just didn't really. And again, that's not ripping no one, but it, no, it's not. I'll be honest, I half wasn't up for it. Like yeah. I was even getting having conversations in the week leading up to it, saying. Would you rather just be out of this cup because you know we've got so much to focus on off the pitch? You know, we're the, 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 you're already seeing the, the squad starting to get stretched. You know, the the injuries that the core has had are just being you can tell just on, on the fact it's muscular that he's just being ran into the ground. You know, he, he's not one of them players who leaves anything out on the pitch. And, and in fairness, I think most players that you could say that about in that team, we do certainly this season they put it, they put some big shifts in. So I think there was a lot of feeling of, of like. Even if we do win this, you know, what are we going to gain from it? Beating Luton at home, okay, yeah, it's maybe morale boosting for the for the team because we've been beat by them once at home this season. But you know, do we really believe that this squad has got it in them to go into the later rounds of the cup? You know, we've already threw away a golden opportunity to to get through to a semi final of the league cup when we had a good chance. And as you say, you know, all of the the, the pressure that's building off the pitch on the club. I don't know. I think there was a there was a, almost a, an accumulation of, of factors that made the atmosphere somewhat flat. And, and I think you know the, the statistics around how difficult we found it to get results without Decore in the team compounded that. I think as well. It's one of them though. Like anything, and if we just flew out the traps on Saturday, you know, and Calvert Lewin and Beto were combined, and one of them smashes one in the top corner, it probably changes everything. But I think everyone had the feeling going into this game that it was going to be another tricky game. You know, they were going to be, you know, Luton were going 
to make it difficult. We had a few players missing, loads of headaches off the pitch. Yeah, difficult one, I think, for, for, for everyone to get themselves up. And by the looks of it, for the players as well. Yeah, um, it brings on to the, the questions, really. One of the questions, it's the um, first time I've had a face-to-face question, judging by that. I mean, someone, someone grabbed me yesterday, very kind words about the show, and asked if we talk about, and, and this is quite, you know, a, a good segue into what we've just been talking about, and, and his name is Steve. Uh, and Steve's um, opinion, and he wants to know our opinion on it, whether we agree or disagree, or whether there's something to this. He thinks the Amadou Onana penalty miss has just knocked the stuffing out of everyone, players, fans. What he said to me is quite, quite a nice conversation we had. He just said, if you remember that moment we were in, where we were four league wins on the bounce, we were singing songs about your point deduction didn't mean things, you had a kick away from going into a cup semi-final. And since then, we've won one and eight. And, and he, he, he thinks that's been a, a turning point for everybody, a, a bit of a spiral as, as to why would why the fans maybe not up for it as much as they were and maybe the players as well. Does that sound like a fair shout to you? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, I, I think that, you know, it was so deflating, wasn't it? That, that You know, that losing that game again that we, we could or should have won a game that was in our hands to win even as late as the penalty shootout. And... Yeah, I think when you've been kicked so many times as we have this season, that was just another kick, and it, and it was it, it was a kick on the pitch that that would have really hurt. I know all those players there. There's very few players in that squad that have won many honours themselves. Um, they'd have been as desperate as anyone to 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 kind of you know particularly some of the senior pros in there to, to go to you know go on in a, in a competition further and to to get results and to and to have that distraction. And it was at that stage a bit of a welcome distraction. I think when you're in the earlier rounds of a cup, I don't think it is. It's like another game. But when you start getting to the end, towards the, the latter rounds of the competition, and you see that, that opportunity of potentially getting some success, success some silverware, I, I think it, it, it brings that little bit of, OK, we've still got that cup. We've still got this. You know, it's something to be proud of this season. So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think it, I think there's definitely been a hangover there. It's one of them things, and, and all footballers will tell you this, when you're winning games... And you're playing well, and things are going for you. You don't feel tired when you start to lose games and, and things go against you. You start to feel a bit jaded. You start to feel like you maybe haven't got that extra few yards in yet, or you, you know you, mm. you lose that bit of confidence. So, uh, you know, I think that's a perfectly logical um, statement or an assumption to make here. Uh, Danny over on the Twitter um, wants to talk about uh, the in-game performance from the manager. He, he said, "Look, you, Dice was rightly praised when, when we were winning win four on the spin. Dogs of War banner has, has got him on it. I'm, I'm not against Sean Dice, um, but in-game he doesn't seem to change things. He seems to be quite stubborn. You look at a game on Saturday, he could have maybe even just moved Calvert-Lewin out wide for ten minutes. He doesn't seem to want to change how he set Everton up." Um, he wants to know our thoughts on that. I mean, I've probably been as defensive as anyone could be in Sean's eyes. I think he, I think he's as much as any other manager's been. He's been backed up against the wall. Um, he's working with with players. Who I think he's got every ounce of out of at this stage. I think there's there's been a time in a while that I've looked around that pitch and thought, you know what, you're playing as well as you could. You're playing as well as you could. Um, he's got players playing in the right position. I think he's got a system that works for this group of players. I don't disagree that he's he's shown a, a kind of a lack of flexibility, but I, I wouldn't suggest that that's completely down to him. I think it's down to the, the resources, i.e. the players that he's working with. I, I don't see a lot of flexibility in them players anyway. I mean, name... I mean, 
I can't think now, just going through the team in my head, many players that can play in more than one position or, or players that, that, that tend to look good in, in more than one system. You know, like our centre-backs are probably the most flexible out of the team we've got in the sense that they don't seem to be as impacted so much as going from a back two to a back three. Tarkovsky and Brantwaite have been fairly comfortable. Michael Keane, at times, to his credit, and I'll only give him this credit, has looked OK when, when we're in the back three. Apart from that, the rest of them always look a little bit uncomfortable, I think, when you move them anywhere else. And I, I can't really think of any example. Like, you could never put Calvert-Lewin out on the flank. You couldn't put Beto out on the flanks, could you? You couldn't put... I mean, Harrison's looked OK playing in that number 10 at times, but then at times he's looked poor. McNeil and Harrison can maybe switch, chat, switch flanks, but you haven't got, I don't think, a, a large degree of flexibility. And we haven't got a big enough squad where we can take one player out for another. Actually said in the inbox. Yeah, so Danny said in the inbox, actually said in the inbox too, he, he said he's about Calvary when that wide for 10 minutes in the first half. He, I think he's pointing to are those the changes. And again, the changes on Saturday were like for like the formation didn't change. It was winger for winger, forward for forward. So I'm, I'm getting I, I listen, some Danny. You, know, you, no... you could, are you not telling me, and, and, and I'm not arguing with Danny here because he's not here to argue back with me, but are you not telling me that if Calvary would have went wide for 10 minutes, he'd have got the booze? What are you doing? Mm. You know, this is this is Cumin. Cumin still gets ripped now for playing Calvert-Lewin <laughs> wing back. And, and you know, the way that Dykes plays his, plays his wingers, it would have looked like he was playing, you know, right wing back. And he'd have been getting mocked. I'm, I'm telling you now, he's been getting mocked a lot more now for that decision than he would have done for, for you know, the, the performance. So, yeah, I, look, I'm with Danny that it's frustrating that we don't have, have that ability to change the game, you know, in game. But I think that's... He's got his hands hard to, to some extent, I think, there as well. We had a few, um, not so much questions, but we, we were involved in conversations on Twitter. We were tagged in, you know, talking about Ross Barkley. Uh, the, the one I've actually got, I didn't actually expect. I, I expected people to maybe say to us, you'd get in the Everton team now, or would you take him, blah, blah, blah. Mm. There's an element of this from EFC Picks, and he or she said, with Abdelay Decore missing... Ross Barkley walks into this Everton midfield. He's only got five months left on his deal at Luton. Would you like to see us maybe bring Ross Barkley in this week <laughs> to play for Everton for the rest of the season? I don't think Luton will let him go, to be honest. No, I think he'd, that, that, he'd have to spend money on him and we haven't got it. But That's the biggest factor, yeah. But, you know, the, the simple fact of the matter is he would, yeah. He would have walked into the team at the weekends and we, we mm. wouldn't have had to play the system that we played at the weekends Did we had we had a, a Ross Barkley in the squad and you know, I, I wasn't, look, I'm not going to pretend at the start of the season I was I, in any way, shape or form advocating bringing Ross Barkley back. But with the benefit of hindsight of, of maybe assuming that his wages aren't on the high side, which they can't be because Luton wouldn't have signed him. And given that we wouldn't have had to pay a fee for him, it, if there wasn't all, you know, you know what, it, let, let's just be simple about it. If we had our time, we would have took Ross Barkley on a free transfer. I don't think there's any two ways about it if the, if the wages were right and we would be in a, a, a position now if we'd have got the Ross Barkley that Luton are seeing and you know we'd have got him to the, the you know the shape he's in we would be a better squad for it no no two ways about it I'm not and I'm not going to pretend I don't think there's any chance as you just suggested there that we could no. bring him back in this window whether we wanted to or not because of the restrictions that you know we're under financially but yeah I, I don't think there's any question that we'd be a better 
more well-balanced squad with, with Ross Barkley. There's an argument to say we, de- we even would be if Andrews and Josh Townsend was there as well. <laughs> the two players that would have played the weekend, let's be honest, they would have both played a part of the weekend in some way, shape or form. So, yeah, it's always easy with the hindsight, but I'm not going to pretend that I was one of them play- people. Obviously, more like you, to be honest, that, that was um, shouting for the return of Ross Barkley in the summer. Mm, I can't see it ever happening. There's too much noise, no. too much around how, how he how he yeah. left. Um, which yeah. probably just brings us on to it. the manager's just done his press conference. Well, he he done a pre-recorded press conference after the Luton game, which has been released today, titled mm. the, the Fulham Preview. Um, and he's actually said he he would love to be busy on Thursday, but there's no money to do it. Um, no, no. Do you see anything happening between now and Thursday, eleven o'clock? Unfortunately, not now. Um, no, no. I mean, even do you know what? What's even more frustrating, I guess, is even like things like Andre Gomez getting injured is probably, mm. you know, Hemorrhage does as well, or, or Hamper does. I think he he would have probably looked to try and move him on to free up a little bit of money and wages, and maybe get someone else on loan. Things like that have even conspired against him. Um, you know, I think if he could have, have his way, he'd maybe try and move Chimiti out on loan, and maybe again use that to to bring someone else in because he's another player who's not getting game time and you know I think it you know if we could bring in a midfielder in his place or maybe someone a winger or something then he'd do that I mean I was expecting by now to have seen Dan Juma gone out I don't want him to by the way but that looked like that was something that was definitely going to happen that might still happen in it if anything it could get worse for us that's the concerning thing if anything happens this late in the window it's more likely that we're going to be hampered by it and we're going to be left in a worse situation than it is being as, as being in a better one. I still maintain that provided we don't get any more injuries, um, that if we can get through the window without losing anyone, I, I do I do still think I do still think we're okay. Um but we'll see. Moving on to probably the main subject really. Uh, the independent published this um quite a respected you know organization published yeah. a letter from the, the chair of culture, media and sport committee. Uh, they're the parliamentary group for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. Um, who Richard Matches? Who, sorry, who Richard Masters was speaking to in Commons? Um, it was two yeah. weeks ago now, and it basically urges Rich, Richard Masters and the Premier League to p- publish the minutes of the board meeting from August 2023, which is when the Premier League's board meeting decided to adopt the punishments, which leads to our ten-point penalty. Um, when you've seen this, Judgy, first of all, for me, it's quite a momentous letter for, for, for someone from Parliament to be writing to the Premier League asking for transparency. Yeah. What was your first reaction when you, when you read this? I mean, I was—I wouldn't say I was, I was shocked because obviously, further to the uh, the podcast that we had with Andy Burnham, you know, there was there was you know the suggestion that that was coming. You know, there's there's been momentum gathering behind that. It has been discussed amongst various people. You know, in, in in the political circles, that, that there's there's something concerning about the way that this has been carried out. But you're right; it is momentous for, for someone in that that senior position and with that experience of legislation and, and regulation to to be asking those questions. Suggests that there's something amiss. There's something very wrong about the way that the process has been carried out. And and the more that the Premier League back off from this and 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 try and deflect, the more and more it stinks. What mm. kinds of Term, I think the, the term they, they use in terms of describing why we wouldn't want the minutes is, is they were very clunky. <laughs> so what? Like, what minutes aren't clunky? Like saying, oh, you don't want this, it's six pages. You want to read that? What, what kinds of... That's the most... That's basically stinks, that, doesn't it? Oh, you don't want to read that. Too many words, loads of chit-chat. 
But they've passed it off as well, the Premier League. So in their little media circles, they, they've passed this off the Premier League, if, if you believe some respected journalists, as Parliament showboating. Quite arrogant, isn't it? Wow. It, it, yeah, it is. It's 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 not only arrogance. Again, it, it just it um yeah. It's, so they're basically suggesting that they're trying to score points almost, aren't they? Saying, well, this will get them some some respect from from certain voters or or whatever, or a bit of attention that they maybe weren't going to get. But to not directly address the request, or to kind of, as I say bat it off and say, well, it's, oh, it's just, you know, nobody wants to see those minutes. We, we do, because we've still not had an explanation as to what this, in inverted commas, formula is that's been applied. They've admitted that it, they, they'd sat down and discussed what it is they needed to do to, to kind of, um, or what the punishment was going to be or what their recommendation was going to be. And as, you know, as we've seen, we were the only ones that were in breach. So it was a specific conversation about a punishment for one club you know, the the very least that the 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 fans and and you know the you know the the people who are who are you know are the custodians of of, of the league etc. The, the the least that we deserve is to to understand what that conversation entailed. No, and I, I it, agree. It's just, yeah, it's it, it. No, it's as I say, it's it, it's ridiculous that it's, that it's not been, and it's it's now adding to a long list of of. I don't want to say misdemeanors, but you know, kind of charges now that the Premier League are racking up themselves. Well, that's, that's what I want to get to. I've got some notes here, and that's where I want to go with this, and, and where I'm trying to, to to get to. Look, if you look at one of the highest officers in the land is asking you how you've handed a sanction down, you're not complying with that as of yet. The more I look into this, the less sense it makes. All of our mitigation, we've discussed this on the podcast, but all of our mitigation. There's no reasoning as as to how that wasn't, you know, what we got is a paragraph on the conclusion. It they didn't break yeah. down why why mitigation one, two, three, and four didn't apply. We got a very, very brief conclusion by way of a paragraph. And what I'm getting at is, is they want the witness statement from Richard Masters, they want the minutes. It's all very cloak and daggers for me, without mm. putting words in your mouth. I think they're making up as they go along. I agree. I don't think you can come to any any other because the only way that they could suggest that they're not is if they come back with a really clear and direct statement to say, this is what's gone on. These are the dates that we'll be releasing X, Y, and Z and put it to bed. They could easily do that. And that's what you would do. That's what mm. you would do in that situation. You would just come back. You come back on the attack. They're not they're deflecting and, if anything, defending their actions. And But they're not defending it with any substance whatsoever. Yet the people on, again, the parliamentary side, on the, you know the the likes of our channels, the likes of Andy Burnham and, and, and other you know respected MPs and, and members of House of Parliament, they're the ones who are actually coming back with with, with specific facts, mm-hmm. specific evidence, and and yet there's no response whatsoever that, that comes even close to addressing the questions that are being asked. No, absolutely. Like I said, the more I look into it, the less it makes sense. Um, I was reading The Athletic, you know, big fan of The Athletic, Paddy Boylan's over there, he's a friend of the show as well. Um, so they've said what you've just said. They've said that the PL sanction, it, it was made specifically for Everton. In August 2023, only one club were in breach. Therefore, only one club's punishment was applying to that meeting. What what were they now? They're not being clear now. And again, what the chair of the Culture, Media and Sports Committee has also asked is the same formula and the same, you know, 
whatever you've applied in that meeting, is that going to be used to Everton again? And is that going to be used to, to Nottingham Forest this time round? So you've now else. reached. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting no clarity. It, it just, no. it, for me, and, and of course, this is an Everton podcast, and I'm an Everton fan, and I can't talk about this without my Everton hat on. Even if I try to remove myself from it, it just looks like they had, it just looks like a big, big mess. Like, how can you not come out now and say the framework for this will be used again, or it won't? There's just no transparency, yeah. none. No, 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 there isn't. Um, and again, I can't, I can't put it any better than that, to be honest. Um, they, they, they haven't got, they, they haven't got the answers for us. They haven't got the, I mean, I know, not, not to bring them back into it again, but they still haven't. They're still trying to brush over the whole Man City situation and, and still haven't commented on when their charges are going to be addressed. Mm. They're it, 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 it literally ducking and diving from one question to the next. And almost, they're almost just trying to get to the finish line. Yeah. Like, let's just, let's get to the end here and just hope that it all all works itself out. Um, it, it, look, it's going to be an extremely interesting few weeks, but I, I just want to reiterate, like like we did on the Andy Burnham podcast, like we continue to do on here, that we've got to keep pushing it. You know, it is a fan base for answers, and and we can't lie down. And I know that you know we, we said at the start of the show um, that it was it was a tough game looking at the weekend. You can understand that the fans being despondent. You can understand that it feels a little bit hopeless. But I think as as Andy Burnham put it on our podcast, it is starting to gather a bit of momentum now. Mm-hmm. The pressure's starting to really rank up, and that, and the more that pressure intensifies in the Premier League the more they're going to be forced to wilt. They're going to have to wilt. They're going to have to come out with honesty, transparency. And and if they do that, there's more of a chance that, you know, I, I wouldn't say that maybe our deductions are going to be removed, but there's, there's more of a chance of a fair process. And and if a fair process means that more teams get, get, get dragged into it and put in the dock, fine. But if a fair process means that we get, you know, a, a, a punishment that is in line with, with, with the actual charge and what we've, we've been wrong of here, then great. And that, that's all we want. We want a fair process here and, and it's absolutely, it's far from that at the moment. The City one is just mind-boggling. It's, it's. I'm, I'm trying to think of analogies for it and it's it's like City over 10, 11 years have done all these major crimes and there's us with the parking ticket. And because the parking ticket's easy to deal with, let's let the guys who've got 10 years worth of history and all these major crimes that are complex and we can't delve into but we'll get to the well, ones. We'll get to the smaller ones first. How's that? Even in any in, legal in the case, argument, exactly in the case in the case of a normal judicial process, you'd look at it the opposite way around and think, let's take out the kingpins first, yeah, and then work yeah. our way down because everyone else gets the message. Then they've, they've went as you suggested, and I can't think of any other explanation. They've went for the low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, let's get that. That's easy. We can pick that off, and then hopefully it just discourages everyone else, and we don't have to deal with the complex ones then because we've been shown. To be, you know, hard enough to 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 you know to deal with with someone, but in any other again in any other situation, you would expect them to go for the, the big ones at the top and go. Well, let's put all our resources into getting them, and then the other ones really. If we've if we've we've developed a process and a system of getting the ones at the very top, getting the ones at the very bottom will be easier then because we can just apply the same logic to that. Mm-hmm. But now they've, as we said, they've created a ridiculous, you know, unrealistic rods for their own back that they're never going to be able to live up to. 
Yeah. Look, and no one's saying me and you've repeated it and the podcast you've done with Andy Burnham was fantastic and he said the same thing. No one's saying Everton have not committed anything they shouldn't have done here. We're not saying Everton are completely innocent. There's members of our fan base who, who were warning everybody who would listen about the board. You know, they're not yeah. here anymore. One, quite literally, isn't here anymore. We can't yeah. hold them accountable. And we're sitting here. Well, you've got the one in seven eights who were going to get together again. They, they released on their socials that they've done the... Um, the magnificent projections around the city and Goodison, you know, on yeah. last week and, and on Saturday there's going to be um, some more leaflets being handed out, yellow leaflets with you don't know what you're doing on there. The game is obviously being broadcast on all the major, mm. major channels. So any of Tony who's going down there, me and Judge will be there as well. Get, get involved yeah. because we, we, we are quite literally fighting for our club at the minute and, and to see to see how the fans were on Saturday and, and to see good people who are just, you know, really struggling with it at the minute. It's... Yeah. How how can I and and if this second one judge you would have said the appeal process if it gets this far the appeal process for the second charge can be heard after the Premier League season is concluded. So if Everton stay up by six points, after that happens they can decide to give us seven. So a man in an office can then decide to give us seven after we stay up or Nottingham Forest stay up. Everton go down and Forest stay up and then Forest no, get no. hit. And and that's what that's why that's why I've said a few times. This isn't just about Everton. This is about every club down mm. there. About people just kind of making up as they go along. Let's remember the Premier League are a competition. They're, they're not. They're not. A, you know. They, they've never been, and and they haven't got experience clearly of being. You know, a, a legitimate governing body. They're a competition. That's what the Premier League is. What they're doing now is completely, completely obliterating that competition, making it. Almost just a pointless competition. What is the point? What is corruption. the point of those players? What is the point of those eleven players, twenty-two players, where we're going on the pitch every, every week, playing for it, thousands of fans supporting them, not only by going to the match but by purchasing, you know, uh, subscriptions to the various broadcasters that they've sold rights to. What is the absolute? What is the point of that at all? If they're just, as you say, a man behind the desk in an office is just going to decide how the competition is is won won or lost. That's what's happening right now, and and the only way, and I think a few of the lads have actually alluded to this. The only way you kind of end up hitting them is to start hitting the broadcasters and go, "We're not buying this anymore because it's not a competition." But you know, you need that. You need the weight of of more clubs than just the fan base to to get on board with that. But it won't be long if they don't no. deal with us properly, and then they deal with another club in a in a similar way, which it seems to do with Forest, and they and they fail to deal with City. There's going to be a point that their competition will not be worthwhile. You know, even even like the them across the park are talking about. Do you know what? Let's go back to the European Super League idea because this this just this these aren't these aren't capable of running the competition anymore. And that's the thing that the the, the only thing they, they have actually been able to do in the past is run the competition and make sure that it's run fairly. And they can't do that now. So what is the point? Yeah, so sums it up really, really well. Uh, anyone's got any comments to add in the comment section? Then please do. Me and Judge, you can re- reply over on social as well. At across the park, PC. It, it is still important for myself and Judgey, um to keep on this, and for, and for everybody who goes to the match to keep on this. For everybody who's in down the boozer or in a WhatsApp group, this is corruption. Uh, and you might get some some Reds. We know some Reds who, who say it's not. They say it's very transparent and they're very, very happy in the cartel. Aston Villa at the minute are struggling to, to compete. Aston Villa have done magnificent things to be up there. They can't compete. Do you know how Aston Villa compete now? Yeah. By selling one of their players to the top six. Mm. <laughs> mm. How is that a way yeah. of competing? It's unbelievable. 
Judy, mm. we, we, we always said that would cover uh, the Everton women a bit more, which we have been doing. We've been down to, to Finch Farm. We're going to be down there again before the West Ham game, uh, which is uh, which is uh, third week in February, I think, where we're going to record. Mm. I was there yesterday to watch the women against Leicester. Um, I think it's fair to say the women are struggling. They're having a bit mm. of a bad time at the minute. We're six points off the bottom. I thought the new signings, one who we interviewed last week, Ricky Madsen, looked really sharp. She she was put clean through and the offside flag got her and it looked really tight. That would have been 1-0 to Everton and you know how tight those calls are. Mm. But we're going to go down, judge aren't we, to the West Ham game. I think it's just important again just to say how, how good an atmosphere it is and, and the women need our support, yeah, yeah. don't they? Yeah, it's so authentic. Anyone anyone who's you know um, been to a women's game before will know that it's, it's a lot more of a friendly environment to be in. It's a lot more supportive. It's a lot more positive. But again, equally, I've been to a lot of a non-league games recently, and it's a, it's a similar atmosphere to that as well. It's you know, it's very jovial. Everyone's getting behind the team. You know, it's it's generally a good day. Um, I know it couldn't be any more central in terms of the location. If you used to go into Goodison, you're not too far away. Going to Alton Hall Park, um, yeah, couldn't couldn't recommend it enough. And uh, as you say, unfortunately, yesterday I think first half they deserved to be in front. Mm. Leicester made a few changes and 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 freshened it up, and and it looked in the second half. You know, a team was lacking a little bit of confidence, and and obviously more supporters getting down there and supporting them is only gonna is only gonna help with that. To be fair, the West Ham game in the third week in February, huge. The next, yeah, huge. We've got Chelsea away in between that, which is going to be tough. But West Ham, for anyone who's not too familiar with the the Women's Super League, West Ham are actually below us. Um, so, so it's a big chance for us to put a little bit of distance between it. Before then, Judgey, back to back to the men. I know you're talking to Cottage Talk podcast, and we're going to get a, a preview out with with a Fulham fan probably tomorrow morning. Let this this episode mm. die down. And but Tuesday morning, tomorrow again. Tu- Tuesday morning, yeah. sorry, because we're playing Tuesday evening. Look, the first question is, how do we set up? Because it can't be four four two. How do Everton set up to win this game tomorrow? I mean, we're going to have to go back as as Dyke has almost told it, hasn't he? It's going to be a back three. Um, without doubt, it. I think that almost tells you Michael Keane will be coming back in. Um, I would imagine uh, it, it, it will Coleman be fit. He's, he's the manager said there's no one back. Ashley Young was on the Ashley Young was on the bench, wasn't he, for the cup game? You might you might see Ashley Cole. Uh, Ashley Cole, <laughs> that'd be nice. You might see Ashley Young uh, not on the bench, but you know in the team. Um, you might see Ashley Young come in, but it, you, you'd probably suggest it'll be Michalenko and, and Patterson as the wing backs, just to allow uh, kind of you know wide players to maybe push inside. You might see a Harrison in front of um, Anana and, and Garner, mm. um, and 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 maybe just then surround you know either Calvert Lewin or Beto. Probably be Calvert Lewin with the two of the wide players. It's it's look that's, that's probably one way of going going for it. Um, the other way would would maybe be to. Could you push Amadou Onan then into the Decore role and see if he can cause some damage by doing that? You're probably leaving yourself open to a really, really good attack and threat. It feels to me, Judgy, it feels like a bit of a, a not-lose, really. I don't know. You know, I, I think I think what we know about Marco Silva, and I, I said it when he was in charge, and I've said it a few times since, he, he's a very... Um, he's a very... He's a very patchy manager in the way that his, his teams tend to, to go about things from a form perspective. They win a lot of games and then they'll lose a lot of games. And, and you know, they've just went out to two, comp- two, two cup competitions in a week. Um, they looked really, you know, really ragged against Newcastle and really tired and, and jaded. I, I think, and, it, and I, you know, I might get bit in the bit in the backside for, for this, you know, in a couple of days' time. But I think it's a good time to be playing them. I know that we're not in great shape. 
but I still think this team can bring, certainly away from home, a lot of energy to the table. I don't think they would have expended too much against Luton at the weekend. You know, although you could argue maybe that was another game again that is going to take something out of the legs. I think I think there'd be enough in in the tank to, to go and press Fulham. I think they had a harder seven days, if you like, than we have. You know, they had Liverpool mm. in that second leg of the cup, which, which would have took a lot out of them. Um, they pretty much rolled the same team out again at the weekend. Um, maybe a few changes in there, but... I, I don't think it's a bad time to be playing for them, so I'm, I actually disagree. I, I think it's a chance for us to actually pick three points up against these. Um, I, I think they're on that run at the moment with Marco Silva. They'll probably lose more games than they'll win in the next few weeks before they turn the corner again, which will probably come at the next international break, knowing the way he is. But I actually fancy us. I think, I think it's, a good get, it's a good game for us, a good team for us to be playing, I think, um, in terms of the form side of it. It's a big week. Transfer window. We haven't really talked about it because it doesn't apply. The first time in a long time, I think, that we've had a trans- transfer deadline week and we've been looking at, you know, it's the less of all evils. Two yeah. big games. Should you're going to preview the Fulham game a little bit more on this channel tomorrow with, with Cottage Talk. I'll be speaking to a Tottenham fan to preview the Tottenham game this Saturday. Big protest plans. The voice must not get any louder. It must it, so it must, it must not get any less louder. It must get louder. We must keep supporting our football club through this. Precarious, but, precarious position that we're in. Best thing you can do as well, you know, is is just keep sharing stuff. You know, everything that comes out, mm. share it on your socials, push it as much as you can. You know that, that you know, unfortunately, that's the age we're in. You know, from a digital point of view, and, and the web will be the the web will be the best way of, of sharing that message. Obviously, when you when you're at the game or you go into the game, get along to any of the talks, any of the protest stuff that's going on. But you know, we're not getting that exposure from the, the broadcasters. I think mm-hmm. that's a, another agenda that's working against us. The broadcasters are not willing to kind of broadcast or to show what's going on at the game. So I think as much as possible, whenever we're banging the drum, whenever any of the other fan channels are banging the drum, whenever there's something that goes out, share it. You know, the likes of the the, the, the mainstream media, if they're putting stuff out that is factual, it's true, share it. You know, keep ramp, you know, keep ramp, ramping up that um ramping up that pressure on the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to getting back into Goodison Park this Saturday. Judgey, I'm going to leave you to concentrate on your notes for the Fulham preview. For everybody watching, thank you so much. We're hoping to be back in the studio next week. Please like, share and subscribe. Give us a follow on our socials, which are under Judgey's pecs just there. There's also a notification button. If you click that on YouTube, you'll get a notification whenever we bring a show out. Until then, thanks as always, guys. Up the toffees. <laughs>